As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Praise God and welcome to today's edition of Melchizedek Tabernacle of Victory with Derek Norris, a free online ministry brought to you by none other than the Holy Trinity. I'm Chuck Christie and today we are asking you to spend a few moments of your time with us each week as Derek shares wisdom and truth from God's Word, essential messages from God's own heart directly to you. Now, if you miss a portion of today's broadcast or would like to recommend it to a friend, You can hear this program anytime on Derek's host page on TalkNetworkRadio.com. Well, now, here's Derek with today's message. Welcome back to MTOV. I am very excited to be here today to share the Word of God with you as we receive. And today's message is entitled, The Honeycomb. And we're still learning on how to know our identity. How do we know our identity in Christ? for those that are coming into the kingdom of God, for those that have recently, how do we know who we are? And that is what God, our Father, is sharing with us. So today's base scripture will be coming out of the book of Psalms. We're looking at chapter 34 and verse 8. It reads, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. That is our base scripture for today. And we are going to look at the what is a honeycomb and what does it do we're also going to look at a couple of main points today and of course we were the last message we started talking about the levels of heart transformation for salvation so today we're going to look at levels three and four and level three is going to be dealing with a taste of god's love that's level three and level four will be no desire of life And at the end of the session here, we, um, at the end of the message sessions, there's going to be a couple of more messages. We will have a recap highlighting all nine levels that's needed for tra heart transformation for salvation. So I'm excited. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity in Jesus' name. Bless we, your people, to receive and hear from you this day. We ask for wisdom, knowledge, and understanding that every heart and mind will yet remain open and alert to receive and hear from you, Lord, that a change may be done within us. For you tell us, seek daily and study daily 
to show ourselves approved unto you. And we thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. So, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, taste is an encouragement of action that we are to meditate and receive the word of God and to learn of his salvation and see, meaning to behold what the Lord is saying. When you're looking at something, we are going to compare the life that we currently have, the perceptions of life that we currently have, and try it against the word of God and the promises of God. So let us look and see and taste that the Lord is good. Good meaning that we will be able to learn how to walk in the holiness and righteousness of God that will be pleasant unto him. And once we do that, we will be continue to be in our blessed is the man that trusteth in him. So the more knowledge and understanding and know who you are in Christ and who God our Father is to you and Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior and big brother in this walk of life, the more you know who you are, the blessed you are. In other words, the more victories you have, the less uh, obstacles that come that where the enemy will prevail. So the more we grow in the grace and knowledge of God, the more victories that we have in Christ Jesus. So we will be gaining knowledge and understanding of God's ability to protect us. And if we find that we delight in him. So going back to the honeycomb, we want to look at just the natural substance of the structure of a honeycomb. It is a means of provision. If you're out in the wilderness and uh, if you need some uh, a good, healthy, light, nourishing food source, honeycombs are uh, a treat if you're able to stumble across one. And But we know that in this honeycombs, there's an outward barrier and they have natural protectors, which are the honeybees. And, but what is inside the honeycomb other than the honey, because we often look at the the fruit that is generated from a process, from a source. We know inside this honeycomb, you will find the the queen, the honeybee, the queen, and then you have all the different workers and protectors, and all of them have their different tasks. And you'll find that inside the honeycombs, that the way they are structurally, it's more like a hexagonal cells of wax, and which are some of the strongest structures that can um that it deals with volume it deals with light transferring it deals with energy so and having a honeycomb and fitly join and work together it shows that there's strength it shows that there's a disbursement of the the honey if you will throughout all the different cells and inside the cells it is the honey itself is a provision for food and you also see that there are eggs inside of these honeycombs. Eggs meaning those that are newborn or coming into the likeness of Christ, if you will. It's an analogy here. And the queen mother of the hive being the church. And then, you know, how the, the mother provides instructions and guidance and produce all of these things that the children, that the, uh, the entire colony would be able to feast. And they operate in unity and harmony with their lives. This is something that they do constantly. So I thought that was pretty amazing. Say, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And there's many scriptures that says that says that the word of God is even sweeter than honey. So it is a, a warm invite, a warm invitation from our heavenly father to embrace him simply by 
being led by the Holy Spirit. In this case, we were going to say one of the disciplines is the Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost is the outward downpouring of the anointing that covers our heart and soul, that cover individuals before they are born again. So that's the overshadowing of the Spirit of God, which is known as the Holy Ghost. And then once he reaches a certain part uh, process in our hearts, and once we line and, and our hearts are lined in and we repent of our sins and diligently we become disciples and through time, we receive the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, and then that's when we call him the Holy Spirit, okay? So looking over in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14 and 15 says, Therefore, the Lord himself shall give us a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Butter and honey shall he eat that he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. So I'm going to encourage everyone, like I always do, we need to go and study and read these chapters. But you notice it was talking about, we know Mary was the virgin. She shall conceive and bear a son and shall name call his name Emmanuel, which is God is with us. It's a way in which God has given us favor. It is a way in saying that we will be able to live an anointed life as long as we abide in him. And see, the verse 15 says, butter and honey shall he eat, that he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. This is why it is so important for us to Get to know God as soon as possible, as early as possible. He tells us daily to uh, study daily, but he also encourages us to rise early so we can feed ourselves. But when by the Lord, we yield, humble, submit to him and seek God for understanding the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost will give us this butter. And the part that blew me away about the butter, it is a process. And what I mean by that, butter is made from the milk of animals. In our case, the Bible and the um, Israelites, the Jews, they used kosher animal, kosher meats, and they made their butter. It was a kosher product, meaning it was void. They didn't mess with the blood. That blood was um, a symbolic of being part of wildness. And um, so we avoid the blood. And so the butter was made out of kosher substance. So, and they went through this process of making this butter. Why is this butter important? Because it is something that when you use what we use butter for, with breads, with people who like breads or whatnot, it is a form of digesting. So if I'm eating some bread and it may be dry a little bit or whatever, but if you put some nice smooth creamy butter on, it makes the word, in this case, symbolically speaking, it's make it more palatable. We are able to receive it. We're able to digest it. We are able to meditate on the word a little more. It sinks in our heart. It sinks within in our soul that we may gain life. And it says that uh, we shall eat butter and honey shall he eat. So we are emulating, copying Christ. So if Christ himself ate butter and honey, symbolically speaking, meaning he was taught the word of God by his mother. 
he was taught the word of God by whom the father, no one knows exactly who did all the teaching, but one thing I do know and what the word does says, he was brought and taught in the ways of God. So it is the exact same thing that we are being challenged today. Spend time in the word of God. And the more we do that, it becomes more palatable. We're able to digest the food of God, to receive the life and the strength that we need. Another thing, uh, when it comes to giving your lives to the Lord, there's going to be a lot of adversity. The enemy is going to try to discourage you. I'm telling you firsthand experience and from many testimonies I heard of and plus just simply seeing it right here in the word of God. The enemy will try to discourage you, attack your mind, send circumstances and situations just to sidetrack you. But what the father is going to show us as we continue in this message he has provisions for us of protection and safety, and he has his extended grace that is given unto us in his authority in his name because we learning. We are learning who we are in Christ. So we are able to put the enemy in this place by the spoken word of God. And you can only speak the word of God in this if we embed ourselves in that word, okay? 1 Samuel chapter 14, verses 23 through 30, but we're going to really home in on verse 27. 23 says, So the Lord saved Israel that day, and the battle passed over unto Bethaven. And the men of Israel were distressed that they for Saul had adjured the people, saying, Curse be the man that eateth any food, until evening, that I may be avenged of my enemies. So none of the people tasted any food, and all they of the land came to the wood, and there was honey upon the ground. Yeah, we're focusing on honey a lot here today. And when the people were come into the wood, behold, the honey dropped, but no man put his hand to his mouth, for the people feared the oath. But Jonathan heard not when his father charged the people with the oath. Wherefore, he put forth the end of the rod that was in his hand and dipped it in the in a honeycomb and put his hand to his mouth and his eyes were enlightened. That was a whole lot being said there. So just a quick recap. I know you're going to go back and study and read this, but. Um, the Israel were fighting against the Philistines at the particular moment. And, and at this particular moment, Saul was anointed of God. Whom, whatever army he fought against came with, God delivered the adversary. He was victorious. And uh, Saul loved warfare, as we know. But in this passage, Saul was so on fire to continue to raise war against the enemy, the Philistines in this case. He didn't want people to stop fighting. He just wanted everybody to keep working. Don't be sidetracked. And he sent out a decree saying, if anybody do any of this, like there's no time to rest. We're not taking any breaks till we get this done in the name of the Lord. And so he made this decree. But this is what was shown to me. They came into a land. They came into this woods, the woods. They were actually, when you go back and see that they were in the regions of mountainous regions, and in this case, it was Mount Sinai. And the wood, there are olive trees that grows heavily in the regions. And we know that an olive tree is a symbolic 
of the anointing of God, olive oil. So, and from the olive oil, there were honeycombs hanging. And from the honeycomb dripped the blessings, the substance of life that was needed in order to gain strength. But they would not touch it because of the fear that they had towards Saul. But basically, if you eat, take a break at this time, you'll die by my hands or however God would see fit. That's the word that Saul put out. So the army would not eat, even though they were famished and tired because of the fear of that. And Jonathan was his son. And Jonathan at the time was not aware of the oath that Saul had spoke. And when he saw the honey, just as I would have, he tasted it. But see, he tasted it. I probably would have stuck my whole hands into the honeycomb or something. But when the word got back, you know, it was displeasing unto Saul, of course. Um, he told Jonathan, yeah, you're going to die because that was the decree. That was the oath. So be it. But we see that um, the Israelites intervened on behalf of Jonathan because he gave them some instructions. So remember when it says at the end, it said that he dipped it, meaning this rod that was in his hand, he dipped it in a honeycomb and put his hand to his mouth and his eyes were enlightened. Once you taste the goodness of God, the provisions of God, gain vast knowledge and more understanding of God, it will spiritually give you an awakening. It will give you, the Father gives you understanding on circumstances and situations, your direction for life, period. And it says that Jonathan's eyes was open because after he just had a small taste of the honey. And later on, he tells the people how much more, how much, how many greater amount of Philistines would we have slain had we all been nourished with this honey, glory to God, that the Father had provided. But here's the revelation. Wherefore, he put forth the end of the rod that was in his hand. Where else do we know that you often hear about rods? That's in the hand of a shepherd, rods and staffs, right? So a rod back in those biblical days was a representation of authority. It was a representation of power. And in this particular moment, the only way we can receive the word of God currently Okay, two reasons. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, lead, guides, and directs. It's the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, who is our divine teacher. Number one, there must be presence of the anointing. Number two, the rod was a symbolic representation of Jesus Christ, our mediator. We can only receive the word of God except through Christ. And Jesus is the authority that God Almighty placed here in the earth that man may be able to receive the salvation from the Lord. Glory to God. And I thought that was pretty amazing. That rod. At the particular moment, once Jonathan tasted and was inspired, he was enlightened. His eyes were enlightened. He had a spiritual enlightenment as well as a natural understanding. It was He was synced with the truth at that particular moment. He shared that with some of the members, the individual, the warrior soldiers that were around him about how many more Philistines could we have taken down if we would have just simply had some of this honey before we fought. 
or before we go moving any further, how much greater damage can we do in the name of the Lord? Glory. Hallelujah. So just keep that in mind. Thought that was a very clean and, and, and very exciting. And he said, and dip it into a honeycomb. So again, God does his part. Man has to do their part, which is through faith, through action. We move. We create these different movements and actions of faith to please God, to be able to receive what we have for it and put his hand to his mouth. Um, a revelation about the mouth, lips, tongues, teeth, all of these things pertain to meditating on the word of God. So if we do not take time to get in the word, we cannot spiritually eat. We have a spirit man and we have this natural man as well. So just as you require your daily substance in the natural, you require your daily substance spiritually as well. All right. So we're going into the they were into this place, into the woods, meaning they were entering into a test, really, because they were charged not to eat anything. And if you're weary and you're tired and you're hungry and then all of a sudden you have all this free, sweet, delicious, healthy food around you, but you can't taste it. You can't touch it. Is that not a test? That is a test of obedience. It is a test in which these members had to endure. They went through it. So the wood was symbolic of us, you and I, how we are um, in the presence of the Lord. Mount Sinai, we're in the holy lands of God. The olive tree, symbolic of the Holy Spirit, the provider, the provisions, and here we are in need of substance, in need of guidance, in need of instruction. And that is what was given, that rod, the authority, the instructions that came from Christ. That's why Jonathan was able to speak that. And we find ourselves every single day in the same circumstance. Glory to the Father. So because Jonathan was innocent and he gave a testimony of the power of God, and when his dad said, yeah, you, you have to die, the people intervened on his behalf. Let's go to verse 28. We're still in the first Samuel chapter 14. Verse 28 says, and then answered one of the people and said, thy father straightly charged the people with an oath, saying, curse be the man that eateth any food this day. And the people were faint. Then said Jonathan, my father hath troubled the land. See? I pray you how my mine eyes have been enlightened because I tasted a little of this honey. How much more if happily the people had eaten freely today of the spoil of the enemies which they found. And had there not been now a much greater slaughter among the Philistines, then Saul, I'm, I'm jumping down to verse 43. Let me go back and read. 43 says, then Saul said to Jonathan, tell me what thou hast done. And Jonathan told him and said, I did but a taste, a little honey with the end of the rod that was in mine hand. And lo, I must die. And Saul answered, God do so and more also, for thou shalt surely die, Jonathan. And the people said unto Saul, shall Jonathan die who have wrought? this great salvation in Israel, God forbid. As the Lord liveth, there shall not one hair of his head fall to the ground, for he hath wrought with God this day. 
So the people rescued Jonathan that he die not. So what's the story? What is the lesson here today? If God gives us instructions on something to do or we inspire to do, even if we do something without full understanding, if you are in the Lord and of the Lord and your heart is right and pure, the Father will always make provision. That is his grace being extended. And he allowed Jonathan to do this so he could be a witness to the people and encouraging them and us, even to this day, to trust him, to stay in his word, to taste God and his love, to see how sweet it is to grow in the knowledge of the Lord, to see how sweet it is to have a relationship with our heavenly father. How sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. That's in Psalms 119, verses 103. In Song of Solomon, it reads in the fourth chapter, 11 verse, Thy lips, O my spouse, drop as the honeycomb. Honey and milk are under thy tongue. And the smell of thy garments is like the smell of Lebanon. What's being said here? Thy lips, thy words, my redeemer my provider and supplier of strength and salvation. Your words drop or as honeycombs. They are freely given to all that will reach out to receive instructions and understanding. The honey and milk under the tongue, uh, people are gonna really love this. People that's in the medical profession, doctors and nurses, we all know that if you apply something underneath your tongue, that's called sublingual, if I believe, sublingual. And that is a place where if you place something on your tongue, it is absorbed into your bloodstreams extremely fast. It's going straight to the old heart because it goes into your bloodstream. And it says the milk and butter under the tongue. In other words, the more we place the word of God in our hearts, the more we meditate on the word of God. The Bible said that our tongue, it will, it, it directs us. It, it's like a ham that moves the ships and things of that nature. So, and our teeth are the tools of meditation where we're able to take the stronger word as we mature in God and we chew it up, meaning it is the dissecting, it is the meditating, it is the reflecting on the word of God. And my brethren, all the enzymes, everything always filters. It falls underneath that tongue. Yes, we swallow. But for a direct access to your heart and into the bloodstream, anything that absorbs under the tongue is, is directly going straight to the heart. Because the way it's just the God designed us that way. It's a quick absorption into the bloodstream. That is our lifeline for rapid results. So grab hold to the word of God. Believe him for it. Meditate on the word of God. Speak the word of God over your life and circumstances, situation. Your faith will activate God to move because you are speaking directly from your heart, your spirit man that has been fed his, by his word. That's why he tell us to put him in remembrance of his word. When we do that, he sees Jesus. He sees our redeemer and God will answer in an expeditious way according to his time to deliver we his people. And then it goes on in that same verse, uh, Song of Solomon chapter four, verse 11. At the end of it, it says, and the smell of thy garments is like the smell of Lebanon. 
if we follow in, in the righteousness of God, if we submit our ways to his precepts, our lives are as deemed as the righteousness of God. It is a sweet aroma. It is an odor that's well-pleasing to God. So when he smells the Lebanon, that is he senses his own anointing coming back to him. He senses the, the obedience and sacrifice of his children. Glory to God. It is the righteousness of God. It is the holiness of God. The, the righteous prayers availeth much. God receives those. And it is as a sweet smell, a sweet fragrance, aroma unto our Father. So this is what's been said out of that 11th verse of chapter 4 in Song of Solomon. Now, we just covered the level 3 where we're tasting of God's love. That's what we just got through talking about. From the Psalms 119 verse 103, how sweet are the words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than the honey to my mouth. Now we are going to move to the level four, and we're almost done for today. But level four simply is no desire of old life, no desire at all. And the reason why we have to be that way, because we are now kingdom minded. We are now have a new life, a new walk in Christ. We now have a heart that's being transformed to walk in and after the precepts of God. We now have a life that our actions, we are weighing them on the scales of justice, on the scales of righteousness, according to the word of God. Is this pleasing to God or not? If not, we will not look at those things because it, it brings shame to the name of our Lord. It brings mockery to the name of our God. For us, we are not to use the grace that is given unto us to partake in sin, but we are to use the grace of God to grow and to learn more in Christ. Glory to God. Ephesians chapter 4, we're going to start at verse 21. If so be that ye have heard him, talking about the word of God, Jesus, and have been taught by him, and the truth is in Jesus that ye put off concerning the former conversations, the old man, conversation, the things that we used to embrace, the things that we indulge, the things that we used to get feedback on. We just used to flood our mind with worldly mess that would hinder us. All right. Former conversations, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Glory to God. Colossians 3 and 10 reads, Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him renewed in knowledge. Glory to God. Derek will be right back in a moment to wrap up. But if you've just joined us, you've been listening to Melchizedek Tabernacle of Victory with Derek Norris. You can hear this message in its entirety again online, as well as Derek's entire archive on his host page at talknetworkradio.com. This show has been brought to you by Melchizedek Tabernacle of Victory, a subsidiary of Creative Empowerment of Hampton Roads, LLC out of the beautiful state of Virginia. 
To contact us, or if you'd like to receive the complete notes and references for today's message, please write us at mtovonline at gmail.com. That's m-t-o-v-o-n-l-i-n-e at gmail.com. m-t-o-v-online at gmail.com. Unless otherwise expressed, scriptures are read from the Holman King James Study Bible, which is published by Holman Bible Publishers in Nashville, Tennessee. Again, here is Derek to wrap up today's message. How do we become renewed? We know this. Through the grace of God, yes, we study we pray, we seek the Word of God. Studying meaning not just reading, but taking your time to ask God for guidance and direction and for understanding, and that is done through meditation. Yes, when we first start out, it's going to be slower. We may not even understand it, but the book of Ephesians tells us if you don't have understanding, we are to ask God that give it to all men freely liberally, freely. So if you're having a time with lack of understanding, ask the Father, pray and give him thanks for his wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. That's the reason why we pray and open up this way so the Father can bless us with the riches of his word. But we have to do this on a personal basis. Seek God for understanding. Ask him for those things. All right, Psalms 119. You know, that's a lot goes on in that. That little mem, M-E-M, then there's a symbol. If you look in the uh, Psalms 119, you will see that very up top. That is a symbol, a symbol that's saying an open wound. It is saying that God is omnipresent. It is saying that we never use that symbol at the end of a word, but it's always before. It means king of water. It means that the earth was formed in the universe, formed earth in the universe cold in the year, and the belly of the soul. And it's also that M-E-M, mem, is a measure of uh, the travel of light travels over length. So that's just some side notes. But what's important about it, it pertains to our understanding of who we are in the Lord and the requirement in order to move in God, to grow in God, we must be in his word to receive his enlightenment. The other thing I like about the word M-E-M, mem, in the Israel army, they use this. It stands for a word that's called mephate. In other words, commander. Is Christ your commander? Who is your commander in your life? Is it the Holy Spirit? Is it God? If you embrace the word of God and allow the Trinity to show up, that's who you have on your side. Commander. Glory to God. One that is there to protect you in the heat of your battles. One is there to provide the instructions that's needed to be successful in your walk and warfare, to successful in your life in all areas. Allow God to be our commander. Glory to the Lord. Psalms 119, verse 97 through 104. Oh, how love I thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Thou, through thy commandments, have made me wiser than mine enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for thy testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients, because I keep thy precepts. And what this is saying is, 
regardless of how much knowledge you may acquire or heard and receive, that no knowledge, no wisdom, no understanding is greater than the almighty God's. He is the substance of all truth, all pure truth, all pure religion, all pureness and holiness and righteousness is of God. Exodus chapter 24, verse 9 through 18. I want you to go back and reflect more on some, some of those things. But I'm going to continue. Let's see. We left off on verse 100. Verse 101 in Psalms 119 says, I have refrained my feet from every evil way that I might keep thy word. I have not departed from thy judgments, for thou hast taught me. How sweet are thy words unto my taste. Yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through thy precepts I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. And again, that we are talking about no desire of the old life. Once you are in the knowledge of God, you will hate the things of the world. You will put all things that will come against the word of God and the holiness and the righteousness, the commandments of God, the leading of the Holy Spirit, anything that's not in accordance and aligned up with the word of God, hate it. Throw it away. Disregard it. You don't need it. It's not going to help you at all. And I thank God this day for him allowing us to understand that his word is our honeycomb and the substance of strength, the substance of life, the enlightenment that we need to grow and move and receive instructions from him. He has provided that to us by his Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost as well, through and by our Lord Jesus Christ, because he is the rod in which we're able to receive the honey from the honeycomb. Oh, come and taste and see that the Lord is good. Glory to God. Father, we thank you for your divine enlightenment and understanding this day. And we glorify your name now and forever. Allow us to meditate more on your word. Allow us to receive your word as honey, as butter and milk. And let it all absorb under our tongues, my Lord God, that it may enter into our heart, that our hearts may be transformed more into the likeness of you, more into the righteousness of Christ, through and by your Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you now, and we give you all the praise, glory, and honor with much thanksgiving. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. We will reconvene, my brothers, on the next session. Please join in. Thank God for you. May he keep you in your walk and your families as well. I love you in Christ. Amen. Thank you, Derek. Join us next time when we continue with the next edition of Melchizedek Tabernacle of Victory with Derek Norris. For Derek and the entire team, this is Chuck Christie saying thanks for listening to this edition of Melchizedek Tabernacle of Victory. Have a blessed and prosperous day. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.